Good morning, everyone. Jurassic Views. Bryce Diamond with my man, Zaya Quiana. Thank goodness for weekends, for sleep-ins, and for reunions, because I was getting lonely without you, man. It's one thing to have the wraps in Tampa for the entire season, which is just seemingly being a write-off, but not to have my my good friend with me, my my teammate on Jurassic Views. And it's tough, man. It's tough. Do my best Fred Van Vliet impression. My friend, how are you? How are you how are you feeling uh after another loss to another top team in the league? You know, it's not even it's you know, it's not even mid morning and I already had two, three espressos, man. So I'm having to to calm my nerves. Um, but, uh, it's a restful, restful weekend overall, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, it's, you know, I'm looking forward to a few things, warmer weather and, and some, you know, a few positive takeaways, uh, for the rest of the Raptor season. Um, I, 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 I think, you know, I don't think we need to be Um, the darkness past is behind us and it's not uh, returning. I still feel confident that, you know, with who we have, can we, is there, is there a, 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 a dimension, an interstellar dimension where we can squeak into that 10th seed and Washington wizards suddenly fall back? Yes. It can, you know, my best Matthew McConaughey impression would tell myself, yes, I can. I can figure this out, but uh, I can hold on to some form of hope. Nevertheless, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much how I was feeling. Um, don't ask, you know, if you asked me that question past midnight after the Utah game, I probably would have answered it differently. But Right, right, right. Uh, well, there'll be no humming and beating of chests today in this pod, but uh, we certainly are, are in a hole uh, in respect to the play. And you know what? At this point in the season, when I look at the schedules for Washington and the teams around us and them and the way everybody's playing, if we had any hope of getting in the play-in, I think it's Indiana's injury uh, massacre disaster that they're facing uh, with so many guys out of the lineup. And I think we could be playing Washington in the play-in uh, just looking at, you know, the status of, of, of them. Uh, freaking Vucevic was injured for Chicago. So I can't see without Vucevic and Levine, I can't see them having a chance and their schedule's tough. Uh, but we still have two games in L.A. before we uh, return to Tampa. Uh, as, as you said to me the other day, and I reiterated in, in the pod on Thursday, things are bleak, man. I think they, I think they can pull it off. Um, I think they're, uh, if we're two games and a half behind Washington, I think we're three, three and a half games behind Indiana and they have a reasonable schedule ahead of them. So um, I don't see them uh, succumbing to the pressure, especially with, 
with um, uh, our uh, Sabonis, who's playing out of his mind. But yeah, I mean, um, you know, a, a quick pivot to uh, to us in terms of what we did. I mean, I think I told you uh, offline that, um, uh, you know, I was quite confident at half knowing that we had the lead. And right. Yet, um, uh, and yet we, and not just the lead, but in the third quarter, I saw us, you know, um, on the road, you know, um, uh, you know, play a consistent style of basketball, especially offensively, that I thought that we could, you know, win this, right? An impressive game against one of the top teams in the NBA, the Utah Jazz. I it it was it wasn't just a tough watch. I think emotionally, I think I was aching, um, and I'm sure the coaching staff <laughs> were were aching as well. And I think the Toronto Raptors, uh, you know, physique and mental, you know, and mental capacity was aching because uh, you could see several times during the, that stretch where Van Vliet was, you know, hands on his knees. Right, just huffing and puffing. I offered everything he could last night. Played forty minutes. He's. I think he's still feeling. <clears throat> excuse me. I think he's still feeling the the impact of his uh, nursing his injury, his hip injury. Uh, went to the line four times and just quick mention, Bryce. He was the only Toronto Raptor on our starting lineup that went to the that shot free throws. Just a quick side note. Um. For 30 points, seven assists, six rebounds, two steals. There's nothing else you can ask from him. No, no. He probably shot too much, but in general, he was the best player on the floor and he's the leader. I certainly uh, have enjoyed the team more, to be honest, uh, when Fred is at the helm more than Kyle this season. Um there's been a couple Ken Birch, uh, Kyle Lowry chemistry moments that have been fun to watch. But in general, if it's if if Fred's uh, the captain of the ship, I, I I've really liked the intensity on both ends of the floor, uh, and I, I like how the guys respond to Fred's leadership. Uh, I feel like we get more out of uh, Pascal, uh, OG. Uh, when that's the case, uh, obviously I love Kyle Lowry, but I but we we talked about much earlier in the season. This is going back over two months ago now, that it it looked like yeah uh, things were changing. That this team was Fred Van Vliet's team, and then of course uh, the pandemic uh, becomes very personal, and we lose those three guys. But uh, I, what I liked about last night's game, if if I had to choose one thing is that the future is bright. When we return to Toronto uh, with Fred leading uh, this squad, um, I, I really like what this team can be about. You put Gary Trent, uh, a sharper, uh, a, a more wise, uh, a guy who's had more time with Nick Nurse, um, uh, Gary Trent, a re-signed Gary Trent, a guy who now is in Toronto feeling feeling the atmosphere, getting to know the people. I, I think that starting group of hopefully Birch, Siakam, 
OG Gary Trent and and Fred. I I think it's a bright future, man. Uh, but at least defensively and uh, a a version of his offensive output, and that's Ken Birch. He was all over the place, Bryce. Uh, he had 17 points, 10 rebounds, six off. Uh, sorry, four offensive rebounds, six assists, and his assist- hockey assists. He was yeah. just savvy on the court, and I'm I, I kept I kept asking myself like if we had this brother two months or at least a month earlier yeah. it would have circumvented so much of our defensive lapses and offensive stagnation right yeah. Yeah. um i didn't expect him to be this good right um and because so, i was still thinking that he could be our backup center but he's showing that he could actually be a starting center for the Toronto Raptors. Are you convinced by that? Are the, are we looking too much into these numbers because of the pain that we've experienced this season at the five? Um, are we, are we hallucinating? Um, are we in this illusionary state of fandom? I, I think Kem does a bunch of things that were uh, really needing and and things that we value uh going into uh a new era let's let's be honest uh we've talked about this as well um but let's continue to reiterate that we are entering a new era this is no longer the golden era it's no longer the kyle lowry era uh this is uh a next generation of of uh of of players and 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 a team and i think that uh, Ken Birch gives stability. Uh, I think he gives hard work, effort. Um, I think he complements guys uh, in ways that um, Mark and Serge uh, can't for this younger group. Um, obviously, the Canadian connection, uh, the Canadian basketball team connection to Nick Nurse, um, obviously the French connection, Montreal with, with Chris Boucher. Uh, but from watching interviews and some open gyms with him being highlighted, I think there's a lot of things that he brings to the table and he's already outperformed what he did at the peak of his time with Orlando. They're talking about a career high that he's already hit They've talked about that in points and in rebounds. Uh, his his development w- within the offense has already gone above what Steve Clifford tried to do with them in Orlando. And that's not necessarily uh, a knock on Steve Clifford and the Orlando Magic. They had a guy in Vucevic that they centered everything yeah. around. Uh, and by by all means, I am not trying to say that Ken Birch is better than Vucevic. I would rather have Vucevic than Birch. However, uh, I like Ken Birch a lot, and I think there's uh, a lot that th- that hasn't been um, brought out of him. I I'm think tapped. that there's yeah. right, like the, he, the, his growth got stunted in Orlando um, as of last season, and it continued and. You know, well done to the Orlando Magic who knew how class act a guy Ken Birch was 
and they treated him as such and they waived him knowing he was going to go to a team that he idolized growing up, a team that he wants to be connected to, a coach he wants to be connected to, a teammate in, in Chris Boucher he wants to be uh, with. So I hope we re-sign him. I really like what he can bring, especially when I think of that starting group, Fred, Gary, OG, and Pascal. That, that's a really solid group. And, and Ken Birch, like a Amir Johnson, if I can say that, uh, fits in uh, excellently. Yeah, and not to dismiss Orlando Magic and their coaching staff. I think he 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 learned quite well in that uh, system because his defensive instincts are are quite high. Um, there are, and uh, that's kudos to uh, Coach Clifford. Uh, there are m- many moments. Uh, he's six nine, and he's going against uh, goal. He was going against Goldberg last night, who's what seven seven two. And there are moments where he literally cleared him um, for offensive rebounds, for defensive rebounds. Um, there was that last minute putback that Gobert made, uh, which um, in the fourth, which really hurt us and put the game away. But um, uh, he showed me enough, even off fundamentals system in Orlando, but kudos to him to adapt because it's only been about 11 games that he's been with us and he looks um, like he's been playing a little bit longer with this roster. So uh, um, I wasn't convinced. I thought we could still, uh, at least when we picked him up, to think that he could be our uh, a, or a short to medium-term solution at the center position right. for next season. Um, I thought we could still get a, a uh, Jared Allen in Cleveland, yep. you know. But I wouldn't want to pay someone – X amount of money just so we can fill that center position knowing full well that we can develop talent and we have a bit more cap room. Yep. Um, and, uh, and seeing how we're also playing a third string center and Gillespie um, who uh, is showing signs that he's a rookie, but he can, he can really spell out that center position and that Ken Birch is uh, uh, occupying as a starter. Uh, and then we, there's always that weapon, uh, uh, weaponizing uh, Pascal Siakam and Anunoby to play five if we want to go, right? Um, yeah. But um, I, I can't hold back. Uh, um, you know, we were talking a bit offline. I know Arsenal's playing tonight, and I, I asked you a question about uh, uh, what's the problem in Arsenal this season? You know, is it Arteta? Is it, you know, is it, you know, the manager? And, um you dismissed it, you know, but when I go into the dark rabbit holes of Reddit for Arsenal fans, you know, folks are calling for Arteta's head. Um, and I feel like that type of venom is this season is, is targeted to Pascal Siakam. Oh, yeah. Um, people are like, trade this guy. Um, and we've defended him all season, Bryce, even earlier we needed him uh, against a Utah Jazz who, for the most part, Bryce, uh, are without their backcourt, right? Mitchell and Connolly were not playing. And uh, last time I checked, uh, Joe Ingles and Bogdanovich aren't defensive wizards or Niang aren't. He still had difficulties. Utah Jazz's defensive scheme. And I'm just being polite, Bryce. 
But I, I was freaking pissed when I was like, you're asking Va- Fred Van Vliet to take to shoulder more of the offensive responsibility. You're asking Malachi Flynn to take on more of the offensive responsibility. You're asking OG to take on more of the offensive responsibility. Uh, And definitely I want to see those, all of those three grow, but bro, you're the main, you're the main guy. You're the guy. Right. And, um, and if you want to put, if you want to silent some of the, um, the, um, the cacophony of, 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 of critics, you need to perform like you, you believe you can, right? Like you were worthy of a starter's position in last year's all-star game, right? So I was slightly disappointed knowing full well that I know his potential. It's not that I'm in some sort of, um, you know, black mirror illusion here, like, I, I, you know, of darkness. Like, I, no, I know this guy's potential. He's just not, he's not, he's not performing up to it. Um, and um, uh, which is pedestrian because uh, 15 points, seven rebounds, seven for 18, uh, three assists, uh, four turnovers. I, I just, and I don't think that Utah Jazz's defense is that, um, is that menacing. So right. I was trying to ask myself questions as to, as to, you know, maybe existential questions as to why is this happening to, to him why him why why us why now um (laughs) interesting interesting uh (laughs) reflection um i think pascal uh there's definitely moments where we've been critical uh i think we've had an honest assessment uh i think that uh, it's been concluded by many a good writer and journalist within the Toronto circles. And certainly, uh, I think you and I have been clear that he, he is not a number one guy. And on some nights, he's more of a, of a number three guy, to be honest. But probably he fits in quite nicely as a number two guy. And that doesn't mean that he doesn't have to perform at the high level that we know him, know he can perform at. Uh, that just means we have to change our expectations from what he did uh, pre-pandemic when we had uh, more spacing and more veterans around him in Marcus Gasol and Serge. And maybe if there's one guy who, uh, you know, has had the most pulled away from him and where there's glare, you know, he has been exposed. There's glaring uh, errors or, or, or deficiencies yes. within his game. Yes. Uh, I think it's been Pascal, and I, I don't think people have have wanted to assess uh, and, and and be clear about uh, what he's lost in this season. Forget all the you know the pandemic stuff for a sec. Although obviously that plays into the psychology, the sports psychology side of things, but him not having Pascal not having Mark and and Serge and Kyle being in and out of the lineup that affects Pascal more than it did Norm, more than it did Fred Van Vliet, and more than it did OG and Anobi, and uh, so he has to now reconfigure. Uh, his his own game, and I think Nick's trying to help him in that. 
But what I will say that we haven't done a good job of this season and last night it was clear as well. We haven't set up Pascal for success uh, when it comes to finding him in mismatches, obvious mismatches. And last night, uh, you know, put put him in positions in the post where Royce O'Neal or Bogdanovich are on him. Put him in situations where Rudy Gobert has to cover him at the top of the key and he can get downhill on, on Rudy. Uh, if you're not doing that intentionally, deliberately, consistently, uh, Pascal then is forced to try and take Joe Inglis off the dribble or try and take Rudy uh, on the side um, with less space off the dribble. Um, and I, those those moments can can cut into his confidence. And again, I'm not trying to uh, excuse Pascal's uh, play or say that he's playing at his max. He's not. We know that. Um, but I think there's a lot of times where we could make it easier for him and we just haven't. And to be quite honest, I think Pascal had life made easier for him with those guys that I mentioned before, the veterans, Kyle, Serge, and Mark. And we just didn't see it. We just didn't know it. We thought, oh, this guy's just playing at a high level, and it's because he's done all this work in the offseason, which is true. He did some great work in the offseason. I've seen those videos of him at uh, Rico Hines. I've seen that. Um, But uh, he's been exposed because there was also a big element of veterans – helping them out a lot. And uh, that's, that's difficult for, for us as fans uh, when it's not our jobs to, to have to make those assessments. But, but I think that's true that that's, you know, that's what's happened to Pascal. Yeah. Great points. Uh, Yes, I agree. He needs to reconfigure his game. And I think that's part and parcel of every, uh, uh, basketball player, professional athlete uh, in a different context uh, that uh, they need to adjust. Uh, He's being, he's being scouted differently, right? So he's being. uh, Definitely. Just a slight um, comment about the type of uh, situations uh, that he has been placed in uh, in order for him to succeed. I've seen several uh, defensive schemes, especially by Quinn Snyder last night, that uh, they, what they did is they sent a double team, a slight double team at certain occasion. Uh, a, a snippet of, 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 um, of, let's say, of a mismatch. But then they have, Go- and Bo Gobert is not that uh, double team. And he's ro- roving as a di- as as the help. So when he so forcing Pascal to make the pass yeah. um, to the open to the open player. But even when he does that, and we try to adjust and attack Gobert, who's a all world defensive player, is right there. So I think that kudos to Quinn Snyder. Yeah. I think um, I think one thing that uh, Pascal has to understand that he has to be quicker with his. His, his decision-making process. Um, he has to use himself as a decoy a lot of the times offensively. Some of the best offensive players in the NBA do that often. You know that. Uh, Kyle Lowry does it all the time. 
uh, when he kind of dribbles down into the paint and he's just roving around just to see who bites. Um, but one thing that he also meant, uh, you said, you know, there's a deficiency in his game is he does not have a mid-range, a consistent mid-range jump shot. Yeah. So if does anyone not have, on our team, does anyone have a mid-range game on our team? Uh, you know what? It's sad to say, really sad to say, but Malachi Flynn, um, nevertheless, when he goes one-on-one, I've seen it. But you're right, you know, uh, I, you know, that's something that isn't really part of the Toronto Raptors offensive um, schemes. Um, OG is, has started to use that mid-range jump shot, right? Um, and uh, but back to Pascal, you know, it's a clear it's a clear indication that he still has room to develop. So rather than say that, you know, he's deficient in this particular area, you know, uh, one could see it. Uh, to, as as a way for him to develop, and maybe next year um, when we have a healthy and full roster, uh, he could be um, reconfigurated into a role that is much more fitting for him. Right? I don't want to just say that we're, we're demanding less. We're just demanding something that's accorded to his skill set and his and his and his ceiling. Um, because we still know how how talented he is uh, defensively and and whatnot. Um, and um, but yeah, I, I just think I, th- I think we lost an opportunity last night, uh, especially Utah Jazz playing a back to back, and um, and we really needed it, knowing uh, we're fighting for a tenth sp- place spot. But hey, maybe fate has it that we shouldn't be in the playoffs. You know, right. Right. And Do we, uh, uh, does does Fred Van Vliet play tonight against the Lakers? I heard um, last night that he won't. He may most likely sit, and ha- and now Kyle Lowry will then right replace right. him. Right. So uh, it's asking him a bit too much uh, yeah. to play a back to back against uh, the LA Lakers. I think one of the top defensive teams in the league. Um, but. Uh, Maybe we could leave this, uh, uh, you know, this topic for the next episode. Uh, but I did want to give a bit more time to talk about uh, OG and his development and his his ceiling. Um, but uh, I'd like to see how he matches up against uh, LA uh, tonight, knowing he got ejected uh, against right. uh, LA last time. Uh, so, uh, because his development has been quite interesting, uh, both as a scorer and as a playmaker, we already know what he can do defensively. Um, and so, uh, but, uh, he, he's continuing, he's continuously showing that he has a little bit more in his bag offensively. If there's a brawl tonight, full team on team brawl, uh, not during the play, but uh, in in a halftime or after the game is over, does Marcus Saul join the Raptors in that fight? Uh, does he go after or protect? Uh, um, you know, does he go, does he go after someone who's instigating on their team, or does Marcus Saul go straight for for Frank Vogel in in the brawl? Because you know, of his his minutes being limited, yeah, you know, in these in fights, and there's certain individuals who are just out of sorts. They're just flat, they, their eyes are closed, and they're just flailing. Smart guy, so he knows exactly what he's doing, and so I think he's doing that. Um, 
and but he's aiming particularly he's he's aiming particularly to Andre Drummond, right? And uh, do you remember the Malice in the Palace? Do I remember it? <laughs> All I can say is if a brawl breaks out in the Staples Center at any point this season, whether it's the regular season or the playoffs, knowing Mark Gasol is on the court, if I'm Rob Palinka, I exit the building. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I make sure that Mark Gasol cannot get to me if I'm Rob Palinka. Right? Well, I mean, there's, there's, there's the fight, obviously. And there's not a lot of, I don't think there would be a lot of fans in the stadium, but nevertheless, you know how GMs stay in that tunnel? Uh-huh. Right? If there's if there's tape available, film available. For yeah, there'll see, be cameras. The, the, the brawl is happening on the court. Maybe it spills into the into the stands, and but but oddly enough, we see Marcus Gasol going to the tunnel, and, and there's no one with Palinka to protect them because they're all retreated to 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 to, to the brawl, right? To the scene of, and and all and, and the. And it, and we just see Mark Gasol dragging Palinka's <laughs> body down into the tunnel, and then, then, and then, obviously, we don't see anything happening again. And and the reason, even afterwards, there's a statement, obviously, by the LA Lakers, you know, public relations is saying that Palinka was actually undergoing uh, 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 some sort of uh, cardiac arrest. But I would but, love uh, for what they to what they blow. What, what, what they will find when they review the tape <laughs> is that Palenka couldn't go anywhere. It wasn't that he wasn't being protected. He was being held by Magic Johnson. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. That is WWE at its finest right there. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay, let's get back into reality and out of our, uh, our six feet deep hole of darkness. Yeah. We yeah. don't wish violence onto anyone. No, no, that's that's probably true in most cases. Uh, well, we do have the Lakers tonight. Uh, we're trying to break a three-game losing streak. We're trying to break uh, a losing streak of games when the games are close going into the fourth quarter. We've had a number of those that uh, their games are within five uh, going into the fourth, and we've we've lost them. We've had a streak of games when uh, you know things are close going into the last five minutes. Uh, we've lost a number of those games. I think the last time we won a game where it was close in the last uh, four or five minutes uh, possibly could be the Washington Wizards game. I think we blew a lead against the Brooklyn Nets, and then. Uh, which was a double-digit lead, they came back and then we were able to survive against them. Um, but man, oh man, uh, it, it is so tricky for us to close games these days. Uh, I don't even know if we'll be in that scenario against the Lakers with uh, AD and LeBron uh, together, but who knows? Oh my gosh, uh, they're, they're back? Uh, LeBron's they're, back? They're both back. They lost, the uh, Kings the, they lost the Kings the other night in Luke Walton's championship game. And uh, we'll see uh, what they offer. But, yes, they are both back in the lineup. LeBron's first game was that Friday game against the Kings. And AD, I think, returned last Sunday 
against the Wizards, although it could have been Monday. Are they playing limited minutes? I know that that was the ca- going to be the case for AD. Yes, AD played limited minutes for about his first three games. Uh, he played, I believe, over 30 minutes against Sacramento. LeBron, uh, it was said from the sources that I – or the broadcast that I was watching, uh, it was said that LeBron – could dictate his own minutes. He played 32 last game. So it doesn't seem like there's much limitation, which does not surprise me that he has that much freedom. Because well, sorry, sorry, let me interrupt. Uh, LeBron is dictating his own minutes? I, Correct. There's that, no... I thought I thought he was dictating the, the, the LA franchise, for goodness oh, yeah. sake. Oh, yeah. Frank Vogel's a pawn. Uh, and LeBron gets to do whatever he wants. I think Palenka's a pawn to be honest. So if Marcus all wants to go uh, at anybody, he should go against LeBron James. He's just being nice. Palenka, Palenka negotiates his own contract with LeBron James. <laughs> yes. Is, is this, is this enough? And LeBron is like, no, let's go down. <laughs> uh, let's go, for, go further down. Uh, Frank Vogel uh, consults LeBron. Um, yeah. Uh, but, uh, but with uh, thanks for that clarification, I I I, I read a statement that uh, he wanted to ease himself back. I, uh, speaking of LeBron, due to his injury, ankle injury, but yep. um, I didn't know if he was uh, all uh, all systems go, um, or if they're using the you know he plays one game and then they get, make him rest the next game, um, knowing full well that they're going to be clinching a playoff berth and they're somewhere between that fourth to fifth place or even sixth place yeah. in the East. Yeah. So if um, there's any good that comes out of this season, uh, for me, it'll be that the Clippers play the Lakers in the first round. If there's one thing that I asked the NBA for uh, this year, it's that the Clippers play the Lakers in the first round. Uh, I hope that none of the coastal elites are in the final, but I think that's asking too much for the league. Uh, so just give me the Lakers Clippers in the first round because it would be hilarious if either of those teams, but especially the Lakers, lost that first round. Well, first of all, I know the Lakers are not going to lose in the first round against the Clippers, <laughs> and and I've already read a statement where I think Kawhi Leonard is saying that he's still nursing a foot injury, which I think you know if there's anything to add to a narrative that, you know, he, he wasn't 100% and the Clippers weren't, you know, fully healthy in the playoffs to just, you know, to explain why they lost. It's right there. Right. Um, They would use any type of excuse to protect themselves, especially uh, the LA Clippers franchise. And uh, we're all hyping up Paul George um, uh, saying that he bounced back since the bubble for, but for me is like the, no, no, you don't bounce back in the regular season. You bounce that's back correct. in the playoffs. That is that's, correct. That's your evaluation. Your evaluation isn't whether you play well during the regular season when you're an elite player. It's what yeah. it's what you do in the playoffs. So, um, uh, so they have a lot uh, to, to 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 prove. But uh, yeah, I definitely want to see Phoenix Suns uh, of the of the world to to make a run in the playoffs. So, um, so, uh, Chris Paul has been, I know he's not going to win the MVP this year, but I think he's, uh, MVP caliber. Um, but, uh, we're, 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 uh, obviously, uh, um, 
uh, going beyond Toronto Raptor talk and going into NBA, NBA musings. Uh, but we could wrap it up right now. And, and uh, I think there's many leagues. I, there's, 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 there's just one, qu- the question, I, I don't know if you're going to ask me the question, but I think the question has been answered. Uh, I'm still slip it into the 10th seed. Um, all things considered. Uh, so I'm still clinging to my Bitcoin. Right, right. Well, uh, it might be my Bitcoin the way that things are sliding. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, they, they have to win eight in a row. And I don't think that they can do that. Or the Wizards have to have a catastrophic injury, that being Beal or Westbrook. Um, I don't think that's happening. Uh, so... Yeah, there, I, for me, there's there's no chance at, at this point, and and that's okay. I I've come to acceptance, even though I want eight in a row. I've come to acceptance that the Raps aren't making the playoffs this year, and it's tough. It's very tough. Uh, well, we have lots of league musings ahead of us. I think this episode, like the last four or five, has been a foreshadowing of what's to come in a month when all we're doing is talking about the rest of the league. Uh, but Always a, a good time and great to be reconnected, reunited with you uh, on the pod this morning, my friend. And um, just a quick mention: uh, Lindsay Hamilton was amazing. Uh, it was always great. To, it was great to hear uh, her a little bit out of her, you know, kind of TSN. Um, correct, and uh, she's talented and and. Oh my, you know, knowing her, what's ahead of her uh, in terms of uh, broad, broadcasting career, uh, it was really humble to, to be a part of that with uh, episode with her. So uh, thanks for making that happen, Bryce. Shout outs to Lindsay and uh, look forward to many more success stories. Definitely. definitely Don't forget good. about a brother when you blow up on ESPN though. <laughs> Definitely. Hope there. Hopefully, the there's dinner uh, for us in LA if if she makes it that that far. All right, my man. Well, have a great day. Uh, continue to have a, a restful weekend. Hopefully, the sunshine is kissing down on our faces as uh, this day plays out before uh, the the lake show uh, tangles with our Raptors. Peace. Peace to you, my friend.